Welcome to Conversations with the Authors. Welcome back to Conversations with the Authors. I'm your host, Daniel. I'm Daryl. I'm Sandra. Today we're going to talk about uh, something I think a lot of writers sort of battle with, and we're going to talk about consistency. Consistency in your storytelling, consistency in your narrative, but consistency also, I think, in your style. In our last few podcasts, we talked about continuity. Continuity, of course, is making sure that something is the same as it was in the, in the previous scene. Right, Ted? Right yeah, now? yeah. And it's, it, it's related to something we call unity. When you keep uh, a story unified uh, by, by common factors. Right. Mm-hmm. And Sandra, uh, continuity is something that you guys uh, had to focus on when writing uh, How Nicholas Became Santa Claus. You're highly rated Eric Hoffer nominated uh, sci-fi fantasy novel. Yes? Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Um, but consistency, uh, Daryl, Sandra, you could say uh, is sort of is the same but also different. Uh, because in my opinion, uh, consistency can also be consistency of style. It's and, multifaceted. Right, and by that I mean... When you're writing a story, a narrative, uh, whatever language or however you decide to tell your story should be the way you tell your story. Mm-hmm. And as an author, uh, I you have to decide on what your voice is going to be. And we talked about finding your voice in one of our earlier podcasts. You know, what kind of storyteller are you? Mm-hmm. Stay that storyteller is kind of the th- what I'm trying to get at. You know, mm-hmm. you don't start off as sort of a serious storyteller, and suddenly now everything is jokes and yokes, and you know, you're changing horses midstream, and I, that's okay. Uh, but I think but, not but in the you don't same want, story, yeah, I, right? I, you have to mean to do what you right. do. If that's what you meant to do, you know, if that's the direction we're going, that's that's fine. Right. But uh, if you do it and you don't know that you did it, right. then you've made a grievous mistake. Yes. Now, I, 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 just to, to hit your point there, you, you define your, your style and your tone. You're either going to write it formal, mm-hmm. you're writing it informal, right. or it's academic. Which kind of story are you writing? Is it serious? Is it casual? Is it informative? But whatever style or tone that you take just make sure you stick with that right. unless you actually mean to do that you know it reminds me uh, uh, of a definition of a gentleman that I uh, that I read once he said a gentleman is a person who does not insult you by accident you know because they 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 actually know what they're doing and they're aware of what they do so be aware of what you do um, and with inconsistencies, there are lots of points of inconsistency that we can uh, that we can focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it's storytelling or whether it's right. is, is tense or points of view, there are lots of things. Right. I, I think um, you know, and and is it is uh, for, okay? So let me say it this way: um, I started out in screenwriting. Right. So um, as I often tried to illustrate. Um, a script is essentially an instruction manual for your for your movie, right? Yeah. So you guys wrote um, a screenplay for How Nicholas Became Santa right. Claus. 
Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between the script and the book. That mm-hmm. being, it's written in present tense. Right. The 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 script, and, and you'll notice that ordinarily a script right. is written in the present tense. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you ever read instructions to anything, it will always be in present tense mm-hmm. because the the script is being acted out um, in, in real the present, time. In present, right? yes. Um, so when writing Nicholas, the book mm-hmm. was different. So how did you maintain consistency? Let, well, let, let's, let's jump back to an old cliche, uh, an opening of your classic story. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, there was a man who lived in a castle. If you notice when I said that, I'm referring to the past, once upon a time. And so I might say he was a big man, but he was a small thinker. He had lots of enemies. Notice I use had and was. Okay, so that's the tense uh, that I'm using. And so I'm I'm showing you uh, that, uh, that, that I'm using the past tense. And my point of view is uh the the point of view of the of the person who's telling the story Mm -hmm. either you're in the story and you're telling your history i laid there and i waited Mm -hmm. or he laid there and he waited for rescue right one is past tense one is present now if it were a script i stopped and i looked i saw nothing that's a script that's that's present tense or you might go in a story you might say He had stopped, and he waited, and he looked, and he saw nothing. All of that's past tense. So the only thing I'm telling people is if you start out with a tense, continue with that tense unless the story calls for you to change that. Right. Okay. So it's consistent. Keep it intense. (laughs) Uh, Or intense, right? But you know what I mean. Uh, uh, I mean, and you're right. Um, when doing a script, it's always, like I said, it's it's in the moment. So even when you're writing for the characters, it's it's always present time because it's, it's in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you really, you're, I'd be hard pressed to find a script that's written in past or future tense. Yeah, and I I think points of view uh, I think are important too. Mm-hmm. And when I mean points of view, I mean uh, the I the I right. which is first person and you, uh, which is second person, and them right. uh, which which is third person. Right. Make sure you keep consistency with that because sometimes you can confuse people. Yeah. I remember talking to one person once, and they were telling me about somebody else, and I started get, getting confused because they said, "You know, you can't lie to me, and you should never do that." And I just hate it when you do that. And I'm thinking to myself, are they still talking about that other person? Are you talking about me? Mm -hmm. You know, and and she's and and she said, oh, no, no, I'm talking about them. But see, there was that inconsistency of point of view Mm -hmm. using the you. And people get confused. Mm -hmm. Who are you talking about? Your overuse of pronouns can really cause confusion. Right. Sometimes you got to mm-hmm. actually use a proper noun to name somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
you know, it's it's good to uh, understand. Uh, you know, you can say he him a lot. You can say I a lot. But after a while, mm-hmm. uh, it can get very confusing because now I don't know which which I we're talking how, about. How many letters? And I'm not just talking about gender pronouns, but I'm, I'm talking right. about how many letters have you ever written or have read rather where where somebody had so many pronouns in it you didn't know who they were talking about? Exactly. Yes. You didn't know what they were talking about. You know, and for those of you who don't. Uh, no, for those new readers who uh, are still trying to you know get through the basics, a pronoun is that which renames the noun. The noun being the subject, the person, okay. the thing, or the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, she, it, they, that, and um, them. Oh, sure. them. Person, pla- person right. place, or thing. And your pronoun would be instead of, for instance, Daryl would be he. Daryl is. Daryl is Daryl. Mm. Uh, Sandra is, is Sandra instead mm. of her. But uh, after or, after or, you get deep into right. a, a, a recitation yes. and you keep using pronouns, you never refer right. back uh, to to the person you were talking about. People start to get confused. Right? Who are you talking about? You said she, he, and you. But right. it, this went on for a long time. Who are you really talking about? And, and there have been times when I've read uh, I've read uh, a page or two or three. And it continually, and this is not with Nicholas, this is with other books, where the pronoun will continue to be, you know, he said this, and she said that, and then he said, and there are now four or five people in the party, and it's still continuing back and forth, Mm -hmm. and that's when you start confusing. Now I don't know if you're referring to John, Mm -hmm. or Tim, or Cindy, or, uh, you know, the dog Fido. Pronouns usually refer back to the last named thing or person that you use Mm -hmm. and if you get several pronouns down the line you don't know what that pronoun is referring back to exactly Mm -hmm. exactly for instance when you're for when we're writing a script for instance when a a new character comes into the scene or or new new anything was introduced to the script it's first capitalized so we can call attention to it into the in the quote-unquote instructions to the people who are building this film uh to know hey this person has entered so when you have now you know five six seven characters you're watching the avengers we're not going to refer to every avenger is he her them it they because now we're getting confused who's talking is it tony is it black widow is it the hulk right yeah and if uh, i'm going to be uh honest uh in our story we had a dog yeah in the story mm-hmm. and the dog was a he mm-hmm and then kind of it kind of drifted, and then it was a she, mm-hmm. and I had to really go back through mm-hmm. the whole story and make sure that all the pronouns were consistent, right? Because you don't want to. And it's it's common when you're when you're doing animals like right. horses or dogs mm-hmm. and things because you call it a he, it's a he, it's a he, it's a he, right. and then suddenly. Uh, after a few days, after you put the story down and come back, it becomes a she or a she. Right. And it's, I think also, yeah. you know, we get used to, uh, <laughs> if you have pets, you tend to get used to calling your, your pet by whatever he or she is. And uh, when you go back to your writing, now you're referring, you're thinking of your own pet and you're starting to refer to it at the same mm-hmm. pronoun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, then we have something in inconsistency in... Um, what was I going to say? Style inconsistency in in formatting, mm-hmm. uh, which is a style. But this is you know uh, how are you you know this is the how are you writing your story in in in, in actually the physical format in which you're putting your story yeah, out. And, and style and tone refers to the the seriousness, mm-hmm. whether it's casual or informative, mm-hmm. and uh, so you're writing to suit uh, your audience. And what purpose is it for? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to. 
start out a kid's story, for instance, you know, sounding like Dr. Seuss, and then next thing you 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 sound like you write you've written an insurance policy, right? Right. Has to fifteen <laughs> percent or more. You know? Right. And you finally write, you know, you saved fifteen percent or more in the story, but now we don't know what uh, you know uh, what's going on. And you know what? And the other thing is this: that you can look this up, but in most very popular stories mm -hmm. and some of your best sellers mm -hmm. are written for a third or fourth grader yes. it's written at that yes. level so believe it or not that's the best level to write at mm -hmm. and so i mean you don't sound like a kid you you you're not trying to to impress people with your vocabulary what right. you're trying to do is to get the story across mm -hmm. so they can understand so most most uh, 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 popular stories and most award-winning stories are written at the fifth grade level. Now, Sandy, I'm sorry, you're, one of the main points being consistent is outline. You have an outline for Nicholas. I have several outlines for Nicholas. Some of them are for particular scenes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, especially for the meeting scenes. Mm-hmm where we have lots of people or lots of oddlings and people and I have to keep straight who's talking mm -hmm. and who's not talking and what are they talking about and keeping the, the proper languages mm -hmm. well, correct. Yeah, outline serves a lot of purpose. Right. And you have a clear structure that'll keep your writing organized and on track. And it kind of prevents you from veering off into unrelated topics. Right. So it's it's like a, a Christmas tree or a skeleton that you, that you build on. Right. And so and it takes you to a certain point. Right. So, and you know, and and, and I'm going to say it because please it, outline. It, it, this is relevant. <laughs> I, uh, even though um, our our podcast, dear listeners and readers, is uh, not scripted, we do have an outline, uh, and these are. Uh, things I have that uh, we want to touch upon. For instance, uh, I always say uh, somewhere in the podcast, thank you, dear listeners and readers, for pressing the play button, because it's important to us. And I always say thank you, Alexander Nakarada, for this beautiful music that you add to the show, because not only is it part of the outcome, but I'm, I'm genuinely thankful. And I want to make sure that I thank you for, for uh, tuning in and listening, because we like you being part of the conversation, and I love our intro. I think it's great. Uh, so it's important to have an outline so you, you know where you're going. So you don't keep going in circles. Right. You know, you... It, an outline is a map. Yes. You know, it's it's from Chicago to New York, you right. know. It, it tells you how to get there. You don't want to wind up, you know, somewhere else and... Continually recalculating. somewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. So, it, 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 it's directions for you. Right. Uh, and uh, when it comes to speaking, um, you know, doing um, speeches or what have you, outlines are good. They just make sure they help you to make sure you hit the point. You don't necessarily have to hit them in order, but you do have to hit them. Uh, and uh, what, what do you think would be the next, the most important thing when it comes to consistency in writing? Revise and edit. Ah, Sandy. Okay. Right. I want to start off with you on this. Uh, now you started writing this story a long time ago. We were babies, and yeah. you had to revise your writing and your editing several times, especially the closer you got to publication. I have approximately fifty. Right, and and you know, not not 
I'm going to ask because it is important, and some people might not know this, and I know we've talked about this before, but why? Why is it so important to revise? Why is it so important to edit? Because just as a person grows, Mm -hmm. your characters in your story grow. And as your characters in your story grow, they learn to interact with each other. And that interaction has to develop. Mm -hmm. It has to become less juvenile. Right. You know, and and I think whenever we write something, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, when I say we... I'm yes. talking about writers in yes, general. Yes. Sometimes we think we wrote we're the next Shakespeare, and we wrote something really, really great. Uh, to revise and edit, part of that is to put that down, put it down, come back a week later, and and read it again, and see if you like it. Sometimes you might you may say, "Oh my God, who wrote this? This is great," or you may say, "This is horrible." You know what was I thinking it's, about? It's but funny just because, <laughs> but just as important as. as our reading it mm-hmm. is my giving it to you to say, what did I miss? Right. Or what am I doing wrong? Objective and doing view. the same thing right. with Daddy. Because when I'm reading it and writing it, it's no world. longer objective yes. because my brain is telling me yes. that I wrote exactly <laughs> yes. what I intended to write. You know, it makes me think of that scene from uh, The Christmas Story where Ralphie's writing his essay for class and I think he's writing the, the best story ever and he turns it down and the teacher is cooing over him and A plus, A plus, A plus and it's like a C. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that was me right, when I F. was in elementary <laughs> school. Like I was writing, I I I feel like I could get my point across well. But as I got older, I realized uh, I could definitely get my. Looking back at them, I could definitely get my point across better uh, now. And just as you were saying, uh, you know, as the story evolves and as you evolve, we draw from things, sure. experiences, right? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Daryl. So I I, I think. Going hand in hand with revise and edit really is to proofread very carefully. Yes. yes. Because you'll find that sometimes you'll put words down that are homonyms yes. rather than the word that you wanted to use. Yes. Like, uh, two, he's, two he's, and two. he's too big. Yes. And you put T O rather than T O O. Or, uh, 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 that it's it's let's go over there. Yes. And instead of T H E R E, you went T H E I R. You know, and sometimes that just slips out of your yes. brain, yes. and you have to really take a, a, a look at that those things and read it over with a fine tooth comb. Right. You know, so I, I remember writing something, and um, and it was it was one word, and I put it as two words, mm-hmm. and it bugged me for months until I could find it in there so I could get it right. Yes. And just as you were saying, Ma, you were saying that you would hand the story to me. Uh, and she says that because I was the primary editor on the on the original manuscript. Um, uh, when you're proofreading, um, read it out loud. Uh, one of the tricks you can do when you're proofreading is, and I wouldn't say do this with the whole book because it's going to take a long time, but you can read your sentences backwards. Read them from the last word to the first word in the in the sentence of the paragraph. And it forces your brain to pay attention um, because we do fall into uh, commonalities. We do sometimes slip up, and that happens. But also, like Mo was saying when she passed the manuscript to me, pass it to a friend, pass it to your family member, someone you trust, and let them read it. Let them see what you don't see. What, what I found out, and I think writers of all ages 
in all ages have known this, you know, for eons, is that sometimes your brain will fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. So you'll write a sentence and it seems perfectly fine. And then somebody else will read it and say, there's a word missing. Mm -hmm. Your brain fill that in so you mm -hmm. didn't even see it. Yes. You know, so. I found as a dyslexic writer that my brain would horribly do that. Right. I mean, I, when I say horribly, I mean, I would sometimes go back and read something, and it looked like a scramble gram from some some right. super right. puzzle you were supposed to read, or the back end of the sentence was in the middle, mm -hmm. and the middle end of the sentence was at the back end, and the front end of the sentence was co completely on a different line or a different paragraph. Yeah. And then I'd have to call you or Daddy and say, I need help unscrambling this because you know, my brain is telling me it's written correctly and it isn't. I'll tell you, sometimes uh, just a contradictory information, uh, your, your character started out a, a blonde and next thing you know, he's got red hair. So you have to, you have right, to watch right, that right. stuff. <laughs> I tell you, the first, the first time that I found out that dyslexic reading was 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 horrible was when daddy bought me a computer that could read yes and the computer's reading and i'm reading the same line and i'm going why the hell is the computer so stupid yes but just like with homin and it, it wasn't you know, read uh read with your computer if it's reading out loud read with your children read with your family Read How Nicholas Became Santa Claus. Uh, if you want a good example of consistency and uh, uh, storytelling and narrative and perspective uh, for How Nicholas Became Santa Claus, you can check out our website at troopbooks.com. You can check out our Instagram, our X, our Facebook at troopbooks, our TikTok, and uh, hopefully next time, uh, you know, send us an email, let us know what you like, and we'll talk to you next time on Conversations with the Authors.